You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hi, this is Steven from Geek Elite Media, and I want to tell you about Cuts by Candice, a hairstylist that'll work with you to get just the right look. After growing my hair out for years and years, Candice was the only stylist I trusted to cut my luscious locks. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of April 2019, and you'll get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram, and start looking the best you, you can. Richard, Chris, do you know what is upon us once again this year? Is it uh, something that happens in the heat of the desert? That's right. Right in the middle of the desert at the beginning of summer. It rises from its ashes. Oh, rises from the ashes. It brings forth all the people (laughs) together and fuses them because of their fandoms, right? That's right. It's a one big phoenix fan fusion as someone would say uh yeah that's right it's it's formerly known as phoenix comic con we have phoenix fan fusion coming up again this year and uh it's i mean i'm looking forward to it how about you guys well as of the recording of this it's exactly 31 days 13 hours 57 minutes and 22 seconds so i i guess you could say we're all excited (laughs) it just it says it on the website i'm cheating so I mean, it's okay. You, you use use the tools that are available to you, right? Hey, no, no, right. no, no, no reason to reinvent the wheel. But yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's it's May, you know. Uh, it's it's the end of the the school year and stuff like that. And then yeah, you're just gonna get a whole bunch of fantastic people to come around and celebrate pop culture in all its many forms and varieties. I love it. So, in past Comic Cons, what 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 have been some of your your highlights? Or I'm sorry, well now fan fusions they were Comic Cons. What 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 is some of the, the memories that you have from past Phoenix fandom events? I guess one that I always think about, like the the first time I ever went to, uh, I'm pretty sure it was just called Phoenix Comic Con back then. So this was like, God, 2009, I think, mm-hmm. 2010 maybe. And um, it was really exciting because um, I, I took one of my friends, and he's like a casual persuader of uh, of comic books and stuff like that and pop culture. And so it was really cool because we went there, and he's obviously a fan of Kevin Smith, and he loves the Green Hornet. And it just so happened to work out that Kevin Smith wrote the Green Hornet comics for Dynamite. And so I picked up a variant cover that was signed by J. Scott Campbell, one of his, like, well, actually, no, it was a J. Scott Campbell variant signed by Kevin Smith. And that year, J. Scott Campbell was actually there. Oh, wow. So I managed to also get it signed. And like, here you go, dude. Gave that to him. And he just loved it. It was like, that was mind-blowing. Um, for me personally, though, I, I think it was the year when we got to talk to Dan Jurgens. Yeah. That, that was, was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. We got to interview Dan Jurgens and talk to him about Superman and um, you know what he was doing in uh, Action Comics at the time. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, you know that that Kevin Smith uh, Green Hornet run that was one of my favorite. Like I never read Green Hornet before that, but like I really en- I jumped on it just because of Kevin Smith. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I, I'm not the friend that you you got the no, book for, but not the friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that would have been uh, been great. To- oh, talk about like talk about just crazy like star alignment, you know? And it's like 
You know, you just like how awesome is it? Because I mean, you know, we're 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 out here in Yuma, Arizona. So I mean, it's like you you got your two big locations to go to, Phoenix or San Diego, and San Diego Comic Con has just gotten insane to go to, and it's it doesn't have that small intimacy anymore. It's like you feel like if you're standing looking at something, you are taking up space and time and money and all that stuff. So it's like ah, you better get away. And and that one, it was just so neat to get to be there. And like I said, I just I found it. Oh, cool. Variant cover signed by Kevin Smith. Boom. Oh, J. Scott Campbell's there. I mean, it was just like, dude, like that was <laughs> like, man, I should have bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> so what about you, Richard? What, what's been some of the your past memories that you uh, enjoyed going to Phoenix Fan Fest fan, or Phoenix Fan Fest Fusion. Comic-Con? Or Fan Comic-Con. Fusion, uh, sorry, well, yeah. Phoenix Fusion, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to, I guess, sound kind of corny, but, like, obviously we live in different cities, so, uh, you know, to me it's always, like, that time of the year where you guys come up and I get to see you guys and spend time with you, and I, I don't know, to me that's kind of always the uh, upside to conventions is uh, just getting to meet people and, and you know, uh, get to hang out with people that I don't normally get to, and I really, I don't know, I think that's really, like, what everything to me is about is, like, whenever you're having a convention, like, yeah, there's all these other things that are going on. Like you always have amazing guests, you know, you have like photo op, you know, uh, and, uh, like autograph opportunities and things like that. But to me, it really just comes down to the fact that this is like this huge, like um, amalgamation of just all these different fandoms coming together. And like, you just never know who you're going to meet and like what new friends you're going to make, what, you know, old friends you're going to get to see again. And, to me, you know, I think that's really what it's about. It's just all these different like communities coming together. And that's what I always find to be like the most rewarding out of any convention that I go to. Um, so, yeah, it, it, like I said, it probably sounds a little corny but to some people, but that's, you know, that's my thing. No, I don't think that's corny. No. I think uh, I, I also do love to get get to go to the bigger city and see the friends that I don't get to see too often or just meet new friends, make new, meet uh, new friends, make new friends, I should say. Um, yeah, because you do get to see uh, through either cosplay or panels or, uh, you know, uh, signings and stuff, pe- other people that are really into the same things that you are and will usually will want to talk about it. Like people like to engage about things that they are into kind of thing. So uh, it's always a great meeting place so to speak um for me but i think that's also one of the oh sorry to cut you off there that's okay <clears throat> but i think that's kind of one of the best things specifically about going to the phoenix uh fan fusion is that it's like you said it's it's a decent size like it's a really good size but that it doesn't feel like overwhelming because like i agree i mean uh the san diego comic-con has just gotten so it's just so unbelievably massive at this point that it to me at least it feels like it loses a lot of the purpose for me to go and and that's one of the biggest things is that i think the the phoenix fan uh, fusion is like almost balanced pretty perfectly to where you have enough events going on you've got enough photo ops and signings you've got enough uh panels and things like that that you can balance all those but still find the time to actually enjoy the exhibit hall or artist alley or any of these other things without having to wait in line for like three days just to get in to see like one thing so it's like it really is like this uh, wonderful opportunity of, of a convention to be able to go there and to get to experience like a little bit of everything that you want and then st- still have that time to like meet people and interact with them without feeling like you are missing out on something that you paid to see or you know what i mean i I don't know i just think there's something a lot more uh 
interesting about going to like a little bit smaller conventions than than San Diego Comic Con, which I think has gotten so exponentially large that it, it's very difficult to go and get a lot of enjoyment out of it for me personally anymore. No, you're right. Because I mean, it's like I remember the last time I went to San Diego Comic Con. You think about how much time you spend in line, and it's like, am, am I really here for this to stand in line? And the only people you meet are like the two in front of you and the two behind you, and that's about it. You know, right. so it's like you're 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 losing out on what you were there for. Like, I'd laugh one time. A buddy of mine, uh, him and his wife, they went up to San Diego Comic Con, and that year I didn't get tickets. And so they were like, oh, would you mind house sitting, you know, keep an eye on the dogs and whatnot? I was like, sure, you know. So it was funny because I'm actually there. I'm on his couch using his Wi-Fi, and I'm I'm looking through stuff, and I'm getting more information about the convention sitting there on the couch with Wi-Fi than he was <laughs> at the convention. Like, I text him, I was like, oh, my God, did you hear about this? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the inti- intimacy of Phoenix Comic Con is a lot better, and and – I, I I love that we refer to it as a smaller comment or a, a smaller convention or a smaller festival, but when I first started going to it, it was you know it was two days, a two day festival or maybe even a three day festival. But now it's four days. Like they've expanded quite. They take up almost all of downtown Phoenix. Like mm-hmm. it's it's so big in itself, but yet it doesn't feel overwhelming like uh, San Diego Comic Con or or uh, Emerald City Comic Con stuff like that. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, to, to, to also be fair, I mean, we say that, but that's like in comparison to San Diego Comic-Con, which has been going on forever. And it's like I said, it's just exponentially gotten larger and larger and larger. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you know, it's uh, it's it's always a, a fun time because they also ha- like you brought it up that there's uh, Artist Alley. Ar- Artist Alley has. I think Phoenix Comic Con is is one of the better features that they have, or Phoenix Comic mm-hmm. Phoenix Fan Fusion. I'm sorry, Phoenix Fan Fusion. Phoenix yeah. Fan Fusion like they they're gonna have a great artist alley, and it's, and it's gonna feature a lot of people that are uh, also part of um, local local talent. Like they we have in Phoenix, we have a lot of great talent. So uh, some of the the things that I saw were uh, Brian Polito. I want to say mm-hmm. he's yeah. uh, you know. Uh, Crater Lady Death. Uh, Crater Lady Death, yeah. <clears throat> Evil Ernie. I remember that was one of his characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, that's crazy. I mean, I, I think he does live here in the Arizona area, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's local to Arizona. So he's got the, in the 90s, uh, Polito was publisher of KS Comics, where he wrote uh, and created Evil Ernie, Purgatory, and others. Uh, additionally, he published uh, and written a Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mega Death, Insane Clown Posse, WWE, and many more. All in one book. Yeah, that's the but there's an book. idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and then like you said, Lady Death, La Muerta, Hell Witch. I mean, obviously he's got a very... Uh, well, he's, got yeah, he's got his genre. He's got his genre of comics, the, yeah. the, the, the horror comics and all that stuff. And it's like, I mean, just looking at the guy's art, it's beautiful stuff. I mean, he can he can draw. And, I mean, his detail is insane. Because I used to remember Evil Ernie. Like, a lot of times, most people would wear the little Evil Ernie pin and stuff like that. And then so you start looking at the comics, and it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he'd have, like, you know, rib cages and exposed tissue and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, this guy can draw. Is there are there any specific comic book creators that you're looking forward to? So if I'm looking at that, like I mean, the, the two that pop off my mind that are really big, uh, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, like wow, you know that 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 blows my mind because like 
And we recently just saw both of them do some uh, extra work in the uh, Detective 1000. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, they recently had a, a pop-up in Detective 1000. Denny wrote a story, and Neil drew another story. Which is kind of a shame that they didn't partner them up. Yeah, because they've yeah. always been partners for a long time. But. Yeah. Um, they've done some good Batman work together as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I mean, for me, that's really exciting because I remember um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. That's one of their many historic... Uh, feats of talent that they've worked together with and it was crazy because I remember um, you know my dad saved up and he bought me the the first time they did the hardcover collection of that and so it's like that always holds a, a, a neat place in my heart because you know like nowadays stuff gets collected like crazy you know but back in the day it was very rare to see these hardcovers or trade paperbacks so I mean like at the time I think I had like Green Lantern archives one through four and so that was like maybe the first 40 issues of Green Lantern and then the jump up to the 70s. But it was like, oh, that's exciting because you didn't have all the digital that's out there. So that's going to be neat. I'm, I want to try to definitely talk to them. Um, I know Denny, Denny O'Neill is a big one for me, obviously. Asriel being one of my favorite characters. He's the co-creator, co-creator with yeah. uh, Joe Quesada on that one. And uh, I wouldn't mind probably trying to go get something signed by him, some something Asriel related. See if he'll oh, talk yeah. to me about it too. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, well, definitely ask him. I mean, like, and that's that's what's exciting about this stuff because, like, I know when I talk to Neil Adams, because that's right, we're talking. Um, <laughs> but I want to ask him, like, you know, because he really he got to cut his teeth on Dead Man, mm-hmm. and Dead Man is one of my favorite characters. So it'd be exciting to ask him, like. Hey, what did you think of Brightest Day, our Blackest Night and Brightest Day? Like, were you excited to see where Dead Man was going? You know, do you have plans on a sequel? He just recently did a six issue mini with Dead Man. So, does he plan on, on having a sequel? Because it kind of felt like it. Um, you know, and just like, just, just to ask them to get to like fan out with them as well. You know, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you should totally ask Danny O'Neill. Like, I mean, sometimes it hurts to ask him those questions, but I mean, ask him, like, <laughs> hey, you know, like, what did you think? Like, what do you think of the new Asriel? What do you think of uh, the way they're taking him in Rebirth or something like that? Or how did you feel when they left that ambiguous ending? Because I don't think he wrote that issue. No, no. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, you know, getting, like you said, it hurts to ask sometimes because it was a couple years ago when we got to talk to. Who? Huh? Yeah, I got to talk to, uh, um, oh, who was it? The guy who created, helped create Amalgam. Uh, Access, actual access. Oh, uh, Ron Mars. Ron Mars. That's yeah, right. we talked yeah. to Ron Mars. Talked to Ron Mars. Asked him about it. And he's like, "Yeah, we just made him because we, he was a gimmick, and we needed to make him like kind of thing." And just like it hurts a little because Aww. it's the character that I that I like, and it was an event that I really liked. But he, it, it really got into like how. Uh, we did it because the two companies were failing. Like comic books were just not doing well. So we needed a gimmick. We needed a big event that was going to bring the two companies together. So we created a character and Amalgam Comics came out of it. And it's like, you know what? That's fine. I, I enjoy that story because it, it gave me uh, a comic event that I truly oh love. One of the best comic events. Yeah. So that was a fan. That was a thing for fans, obviously. If it was, I guess if the creators weren't too happy to have to be mandated to make it, then that's fine because it, as a as a fan, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, and even then, I mean, it's, you know, they, they definitely sometimes kind of, they lose touch where they're at with the characters, but it is exciting to see what comes out of it, you know, and, and I mean, you know, obviously you need that motivation, but I know there was there was more to that character because I mean, yeah. he even had Axis reappear in Green Lantern. I think it was like issue mm-hmm. 81. So it's like, come on, don't tell us that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's more to it. So you wanted to do something more. It's exciting it. when you catch them geeking out about stuff because, um, you know, it'll be neat to walk by and, and say hello to them. But I saw scrolling through the list because I'm bad with names. 
Oh, man. Well, you guys keep talking. I lost my thought. I'll interrupt in a second. I was going to say, I mean, I, I think another pretty big one for for me and I would imagine quite a few people is uh, Kevin Eastman, who actually was the one of the creators or the creator, I guess I should say, of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so, like, that's pretty huge. I mean, I remember growing up, like, really loving those movies and, and you know, the comics and stuff for that. And obviously it's gone on to be mega successful. It's continued to be successful for a very very long time since he created uh for them and and he's going to be there he also worked on uh fistful of blood for idw uh fairly fairly recently i want to say um and i think he had a kickstarter project that he was pardon the phrase kicked off uh, <laughs> in I, I think it was like 2018 or, or 2017 or 2018 something like that uh for his new project which was like drawing uh blood comics and the radical rearranging of ronin ragdolls so uh, he he's definitely one I would say I feel like a lot of people or a lot of people that have the nostalgia factor for for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be a, a pretty big one to go try to uh, to catch and I think he's only there Saturdays so just a heads up on on that if you're listening to this before then which I would hope they are <laughs> yeah no and he was actually that was the name that I was going to talk about Kevin Eastman because we got to interview him and I really like the fact that like I know when I was talking to him, it was exciting because I could ask him like, hey, what are you into right now? And he was even referencing like Mr. Miracle. And it's like, dude, this guy's reading comics. This is exciting. So it's like, yeah, he is. He's got that 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 fanhood still in him. And he does. He loves everything that he's done about it. So, I mean, it's like the guy's given us a great culture of comics because you're right. Like, I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who doesn't have a soft spot for that? Yeah. And I mean, that was yeah. like one of the first ones in, in modern times to be like, this stuff got created. Let's make a movie. Let's do this right now. You know, and that stuff was awesome. And he's he's great to talk to. So yeah, like I'll definitely swing by and be like, "What did you think of the ending of Mister Miracle?" You know, see him like light up about that. Yeah, yeah. We got to, <laughs> when we got to talk to him just a uh, just about a year ago, not too long ago. Um, he was a great interview. So I would I would love to be able to catch up with him again and and see what it is that he's currently geeking out about which which comic books uh, after we talk about mr miracle with him you know that uh is really uh, important to him or, or at least what he's enjoying so far uh richard as our my resident geek video game geek um what have you in the past enjoyed uh, at for video game content at the at the fan fusion oh man um that's a really tough one, in all honesty, because I it, it's funny. As much as I'm into video games, usually at the conventions, I don't typically I don't typically run into a lot of video game stuff. Uh, weirdly enough, um, I know that I know this particular year though, there's going to be a couple of the uh, voice actors, I believe, uh, from Five Nights at Freddy's, which is uh, it's a pretty big game that I feel like a lot of people know of. And then I think the biggest one is that uh, the voice actress for Mercy from Overwatch is going to be there. So, I mean, I feel like those are... Uh, I, I'm sure there's a, a ton of more. Uh, there's, I guess all the information in terms of what's going on hasn't exactly come out yet. Um, so, I mean, I think there's still going to be some more and more info coming as we get closer to the actual uh, convention itself. But, yeah, I mean, that's still just right out of the gate. That's some pretty good... Uh, guess I know Overwatch is absolutely huge right now. Everybody and their and their you know brother and sisters seem to be playing either Fortnite or Overwatch. Like that's like the meat and potatoes of of like the game world right now. So I mean, having uh, one of the you know major voice actors from from that appearing here, I think is uh, is pretty incredible. 
No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Overwatch is a huge game right now. And, uh, you know, when I go to conventions that don't have the voice actors for Mercy there, I usually see about a couple dozen Mercy <laughs> cosplays. So I can right. only imagine with uh, Lucy Pohl being there, she's going to, there's going to be quite a bit um, of Mercy cosplays. So it's, 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 it is fun. You know, I know they usually have like video game sections, like uh, areas where, you know, they have systems set up and stuff like that for, for people to play. Yeah, you're probably right that you, you probably don't venture into those areas too often uh, as yourself as a convention goer. But is it, it is interesting to see uh, video gaming and Twitch streaming and, and stuff like that become more popular in convention wise that aren't just specific conventions like TwitchCon like you go to. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Twitch uh, TwitchCon is uh, is very <laughs> is very video game centric, uh, obviously. But uh, but yeah, I do think it's great that like uh, you know it's it's I don't know it's always really interesting to me because you know we call these things comic conventions, but and I do you know understand that that is how most of them started and and but I mean really anymore like they're very much just pop culture cons like they're right you know, just this huge collection of, of everything you could ever really want to geek out about. And so the fact that video games are, are making a bigger uh, impact and, and getting, you know, some more space and thought and, and all that sort of stuff at, at all of these conventions, I think is absolutely wonderful. Because again, you know, that's, that's my big thing with gaming. Like, that's one of the biggest reasons I love gaming is because of the people that it's like, you know, the people that it's brought into my life and, and the games that we've been able to play and the memories that we've been able to create around those things um, are truly just incredible. And I feel like that's the same with just about everything with like comic books, movies, anything like that. Like any of those interests can can totally just sweep you into this uh, huge whirlwind of, of meeting new uh, people that are just so like-minded and are so interested in the same things you are and so the fact that like phoenix fan fusion is is you know willing to bring more and more um different types of like media and things to geek out about into the fold and and allow those to be shared on the same platform with with these other mediums i i i don't know to me that's really wonderful i think that's great you know because obviously just because i play games you know it doesn't mean that i don't watch movies or read comics like i do those things too so like it's nice to like i don't do those as much as as you guys do but like i do have an interest in them and like you know being able to like interact with more and more people that share kind of like a, a hive mind collection of the same interests. it's it's just really wonderful yeah oh, it is exciting yeah it is exciting when they put that together because i tell you what i remember one time um like going back to san diego comic-con so you had to sneak into other panels in order to see the panels you want and I, I went to one of the panels, and it just happened to be voice actors. And it was great because there was a lot of the, the old guard, you know. Some of the voice actors for Looney Tunes were up there. And they were talking, and it's like, wow, this sparked this, like, energy in me and this excitement to see that and to hear those voices and, and watch them all interact. I mean, you'll have one guy who's, who's Bugs Bunny, and next thing you know, he's talking to Captain Planet. And it's like, I didn't see that on TV, but I get to see that here. And I got to say, like, I think that's really exciting that Fan Fusion over there in Phoenix is going to do that too. I mean... I'm looking at the list. You got Tom Kinney. I mean, you're going to have SpongeBob is going to be there. Yeah. You know, Jeremy Shada is going to be there. So, like, I hope, you know, like, how exciting is that going to be to have, like, Finn and SpongeBob possibly talk to each other? You know, like, that's going to be exciting. It is <laughs> because it's like sometimes 
those are parts of like our fanhood that we don't talk about because it's like, oh, well, you know, like I know you and I can get along with Spider-Man, but I didn't realize that we also have this love for, you know, all these other characters or even video games and stuff like that. And like you said, it's great because these are communities that we share. And this is one way to like bring us together because it is exciting. Like sometimes you can meet people that you talk to every day, but you don't live in the same towns. And now it's like, Hey man, let's all go up and meet there. Like I'm, I'm stoked for that stuff. Yeah. You know, like you were saying earlier, Richard, it is, it's not just a a comic convention anymore. I mean, fan fusion really is a, a great title for it because you are bringing, bringing together a bunch of different fandoms. Mm-hmm. Um, being the video game aficionado that you are, and uh, um, you know, just I, I know that you've always had an affinity for uh, voice actors in, in in general. What's one question that you would ask a voice actor? It doesn't matter which one, but like about the industry in in general, if you had the opportunity. Ooh, oh my gosh, that's a that's a really that's a really really uh, tough question. You have three seconds on the clock. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, somebody cube Jeopardy. Um, no, I mean, I think it's really difficult too, and and obviously, you know, kind of, I, I'm a, I'm not on par with any of these people. I'm not comparing myself to them, but being, you know, I guess slightly involved in in you know the film industry in in a context, right? Uh, it's really difficult for me to like ask certain questions because I know that there are questions that they can't answer. Um, and, and there's questions that they probably want to answer, but they won't, or they shouldn't, you know? And I, I don't know, I, I, I guess, I don't, it's so difficult to me to, to think of like what I would ask them based around like the industry. Um, I, I really think the biggest thing is, is like voice actors need much like most non megastar actors, I feel like need better overall uh, not representation, but they need better overall terms with with how they're getting treated and how they're getting paid. And and I know there's a lot of of kind of back and forth between voice actors and uh, even game development studios and how developers and stuff are even being treated by their studios. And and there's a lot of people that are really afraid to speak up. And honestly, if I ran into somebody that I admired, I'd probably just ask them some stupid question because i'd probably like fangirl out and forget (laughs) what i was supposed to be doing you know which is very humanistic thing to happen um i i guess i i i don't know i mean i guess the one thing that i would ask them is like especially because like i mean i went to a concert we were talking about earlier i went to a concert like i obviously sound very different because i was screaming my lungs out you know but it's like that's their money maker like is there anything they have to do to i guess safeguard you know their voice i mean it's it's crazy to think but you know like do do you have vocal cord insurance like i mean like <laughs> yeah. is is that something you need when you get to this level of your livelihood yeah. like and that's a really ludicrous question but i i don't know i mean i guess it's the only thing i could really think of that uh wouldn't maybe trend on anybody's toes in a in a bad way you know no but that is such an, an interesting thought because it's like i mean can you imagine you know like yeah, dude, like, do you have to take, like, silent days, you know, like, oh, every time I notice before I'm about to do a gig, like, I don't talk for that whole day prior, and, you know, so, like, what is their prep up? What are their securities? Because, yeah, you're right, it's yeah. like, can you imagine, you know, all of a sudden, like, you, you get the flu and you get that nasty cough, it's like, oh, dude, that's yep. tearing up my throat. <laughs> that's my moneymaker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that, or, you know, even if you like suffer from allergies and you get congested like that's going to change your 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 range and your tonality and 
uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's really fascinating to, to kind of stop and realize that, like, these are people that have found a way to literally make a living out of talking. And, I mean, obviously, we're doing a podcast. And, I mean, we you know, it, it maybe takes us an hour or two sometimes to record. But, I mean, imagine going into a studio and sitting in there for, you know, who knows how many hours, maybe 12 hours a day just doing, you know, the same 20 lines of dialogue in like 200 different ways. I mean, like it's really crazy to stop and like think about what their work process really is and, and you know, what they, how they go about that work, what their workflow for the process is and then how they safeguard, you know, their, their voice to make sure that that doesn't become a, a, an issue, you know, like that's, and then same thing. Like, I mean, what do you do if you're booked out? And then like what Chris was saying, you, you know, you come down with the flu or something and you completely lose your voice. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like you've got a ton of money on the line potentially yeah. for studio rentals or equipment or whatever. And like not being able to make that day. I, I just, I don't know. That's would be interesting. I guess. So I guess I thought of a few more questions than uh, <laughs> I did uh, a while ago, but yeah, like it's really fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's also because like if you're a traditional actor, I guess, like when you're on a panel or you're doing signings and stuff like that, the uh, audience or fan members are already going to want to hear uh, lines or whatever from uh, uh, do your famous sign, yeah, do your thing. famous slogan. Yeah, yeah. But but as a voice actor, I mean, that's got to be you know a hundredfold even more. Like, come on, do the different voices, you know, <laughs> you, you know, do uh, yeah. Give me Daffy do, Duck. Yeah, do, do Daffy, do SpongeBob, do you know everything that you've ever done? It's, it's going to be thrown at you, and you have to switch between the two. Which they're professionals, and they you know they do it, so it, it's still going to be they have to take into account you know the temperature of the the hotel room they're staying in, what food they're putting into their body, what drinks they're, they're taking you know drinking in. Probably can't have too hot coffee or anything like that. Or it's it's it's, it's got to be a very interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I know you also said you expressed interest in Adam Savage, like he's going to be there, uh, I, I believe promoting his book, but most people know him from, uh, Mythbusters. Like, right. yeah. Is, is that a, is, is that one of your fandoms there, Richard? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I'm, um, I'm a really big fan of, of, of like him specifically and, and yeah, mostly because of Mythbusters, uh, him and, uh, Jamie Heineman like did a lot of, uh, VFX work and stuff like that in film before they kind of started Mythbusters. Um, and, and I, I don't know, I've just always like really admired like the way that Mythbusters, like, I guess kind of like became a thing and like how long they managed to you know run that series and he also i i for the life of me i feel so horrible right now but he has a youtube channel too that i watch fairly regularly and i can't for the life of me think of the 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 name of it <laughs> um and it's so it's so good too. Like I'm so like they do all this crazy stuff. Like he creates like uh, cosplay stuff on there. Like he creates like a suit of armor. They like three D printed like um like a Judge Dread helmet or like a couple of other helmets. Um, so so it's very tech based, but there's a lot of like diversity. And I I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called. So you talking Is it about testing you maybe tested <laughs> tested yes. I don't oh my god, should have should have been able to remember that. Thanks, brain. Um, but yeah, like it's so cool because he has you know like uh, different uh, people on there. Uh, there's like one uh, or or maybe one or two. 
uh, videos where they're talking to this guy who is a professional toy photographer. Um, and he does like the craziest shit. Like he'll set up like this whole uh, giant board with like uh, powdered sugar on it to make it look like snow. And then he'll take huh. like firecrackers and like bury it under like a pile of like the powdered sugar and light it. And it'll like blow up and it'll look like uh, an explosion going off next to the stormtrooper. Yeah, and Lego so he's like, gets all- hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, like he's all like very driven by like these practical effects and stuff uh, in his photography. Um, And so like there's just all of these like totally different things that are on there. They also do like different, you know, tech reviews and things like that of different, you know, pieces. Excuse me. um, Different pieces of like technical uh, technological equipment and things like that. So it's just a really, really good uh, YouTube channel. And so, yeah, I've definitely always been a a fan of his and and the Mythbusters in general. So, yeah, it would be it would be cool to to maybe run into him. Yeah, it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, no kidding. And he's like a mega like mega geek. Like he's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, everything. You know, I I remember there was like one time, I think, on Twitter where he was posting about uh, and this is an unfortunate post, but he was posting about how one of he had one of the stones from like Indiana Jones um and oh, yeah. i guess it got stolen and oh, and man. so i was like oh that's really unfortunate but yeah he just he's a huge fan of like you know comics and films and technology and science and so yeah like he's he's just incredible to me yeah I, yeah he's one of the the you talked about it earlier he does his own cosplays and stuff but he's one of the few that you know will do his own cosplay and then walk around on the floor in a full costume so people don't know it's him but interact mm-hmm. with fans too, so that's that's pretty yeah, awesome. Because he wants to have his time as well, which is exciting. Yeah, you know when you get to see because we forget that these these folks geek out about stuff as well. Yeah, some of them do. Yeah. So it's it's pretty awesome if they get an opportunity to do so. Yeah, Chris, um, talking about comic book creators, uh, artists. Is there any one specific artist other than the uh, you know Neil Adams that you already mentioned that you would you would love to be able to go up to and either get something signed or commissioned or you know just Ooh. you know if it wasn't too expensive kind of yeah, thing. well so i mean like the, the top one that pops to my mind is greg land right. um he did an amazing run on uncanny x-men um i love greg with greg karen gillian yeah oh his art is great and i mean like so yeah so i'm like i'm hoping he's got some prints yeah oh, it's like all right cool that i can afford you know <laughs> throw a little signature on there that would be fantastic um i know joe rubenstein he's a classic he did a lot of the inking and stuff like that um yeah, and I got to talk to Joel Rubenstein. Uh, yeah, you back just talked to him Cent- or Imperial Valley Comic Con. I got to interview him. Very cool guy. Very very informative about the about his work and working with Frank Miller and working. Oh gosh, with, uh, he worked with everybody. Yeah, yeah, working with everybody. Yeah, he's done. He's done a lot. I mean, he has. He's had a long, steady career. You know, he has, and he's worked on some great, like milestone projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yeah, he worked on the first Wolverine miniseries and all kinds of great stuff like that. Um, some other guys that I saw, like Norm Rapman, we've talked to him a couple times. He's just great to shoot the shit with. Beautiful art, just amazing, beautiful art. Um, this one's exciting. Joe Stanton's going to be there. And I remember him from, like, 80s Green Lantern. Um, he did a lot of great stuff. Uh, I think he's responsible, or at least partially responsible, for Guy Gardner's look, giving him the jacket, the bowl cut, and stuff like that. Uh, Ken Lachey, like I'm excited. I hope you get to meet him. Yeah. I, I, like I know you're jumping into the world of. Let, let's see if I can phrase this correctly. DC Comics, the new Fifty Two, Earth Two. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It's not just you can't just say Earth Two anymore. But like his art is beautiful, and I mean he did some redesigns, and some of those costumes were really cool looking. I mean like. 
I, I hope those Earth 2 characters find a way into current publishing, along with the previous Earth 2 characters. <laughs> that, that, you know, I don't know how to say all that stuff. Um, Howard Chaikin, he's a legend as well. And one that's going to be exciting for me, I used to love his stuff, um, Kevin Allen. He's a, he's a great artist. Um, he's recently come back. He's doing a lot of variant covers and stuff like that. But it'll be exciting because I know I'm going to have to hit my back issues and like find some of his stuff because I know I, there's like a couple of things that I just like. When I think of Green Lantern, sometimes his art pops into my mind. So it'll be very exciting to talk to him. Um, Arthur Sudan is going to be there. And that's kind of interesting. And I, I don't think the comics, will, they might just barely be in time. But so I'm excited that DC is doing Deceased. Uh-huh. And Arthur did like he just knocked it out of the park with all the Marvel zombies covers. Like he would take famous comic books, comic book covers, and redo them in his zombie art stuff. And like somebody commissioned him to do a DC one, and he chose um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. The, I think it was issue seven where Supergirl dies. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're basically lining up to eat her, and she's screaming. You know, <laughs> and so I mean that's gonna be exciting to like you know talk to that guy, and you know yeah maybe maybe I'll do one of those dirty deeds where it's like hey go ahead and sign this copy of DC's. You know, <laughs> see see if he catches on and what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh one one artist that i don't i don't think i've actually read or like got any of the books that he's done so far which is terrible uh but it's just characters that i don't i don't really follow in, in general but i do follow him on instagram because i do like his art he, he draws a lot of characters that i do uh, the way that he draws a lot of the characters i do care about is really nice. cool it's jeremy clark okay. like, I, I really enjoy his work i you know if you followed it uh was it i think it's jeremy clark entertainment or ent.com like it, it's it's good it's easy it's a look that i really enjoy it's, yeah. it's something that's very aesthetically pleasing to me so that would be pretty cool to go and uh talk to him for a little bit yeah definitely walk by because that's what i love about this stuff too is a lot of time these artists they'll have out their special prints that they do you know like yeah sometimes they'll get commissioned and it's like oh that was really neat let me keep running it as a print and you get to flip through their albums and see what they've got available because <laughs> I can't think of the, the gentleman's name, but he was one of the artists on Injustice. And I know we, we talked oh, to him for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name. I can't think moment, of his name. Yeah. I'll look at one of us. We'll check it in a second. But like, it was so cool to find. Like He did a like a big DC Universe print. So get all these DC heroes. He did a Marvel Universe print. All right, cool. And then he did DC versus Marvel. And it was like, oh, man, that was just exciting to see. Like you know all those works come together um so that's what i look forward to is like walking down that artist alley and finding a lot of their books to flip through um let's see i think scroll up a little yeah it says this is yeah, various artists various, yeah. yeah i want to say tom i don't think i know it was tom taylor but uh, but anyways yeah he he was usually there i don't know if he'll be there this year um, he had a little bit of some controversy around him, but I mean, regardless of opinions and thoughts, I thought his art was very beautiful. So I, I, I hope to see some people there. And I remember I met through this, like talking about local people and whatnot. Bruno Redondo? Uh, I don't think it was Bruno. No? Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, but anyways, I, I remember meeting Tony... Uh, Daniels? No, no, no. Uh, local artist. Uh, he was the one I, I commissioned to do those oh, Cyclops okay. and Green Lanterns. Um, Atomisms uh, is his website. Or, and I, here I am, badly prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We, it's uh, you know, this is what but, but that's for. <laughs> that's exactly what it, what you know what that con was for. Like you got to go talk to this artist, and you really enjoyed the look of his art, and then you got to be you got to commission a uh of 
a piece that would that really spoke to you because it was characters that you really enjoyed and something that you know mirrored they mirrored each other because even though they were two characters from two different uh, companies, but it's the two characters that you care the most about. So being able to do that, being able to connect with an artist uh, with something that you really enjoyed, is just you know what a con is about. Yeah, no, it was because it was exciting to to walk around and see his booth set up there and like i know we bought a couple of things like um i think he did that series of uh villains like batman villains where they were doing their mug shots yeah their mug shots you know so those are pretty exciting uh you got me that one daredevil like i really love that one just because i love the way he did the blacks and the the reds and he put it on a metal a metal print as well Mm -hmm. not just like the 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 paper paper, one so i was like oh man that's some that's some cool stuff i'll look for his name but yeah i hope he's there because he does some great stuff and even then just talking about some of the local people there like uh fireglass and i'm like oh i just kick myself all the time so they do these neat little spheres and inside it they'll just blow the glass and, and and arrange different art and stuff like that and I, I wanted to get one, and I just couldn't talk myself into it. I think at the time it was like 60 bucks or something. And it was just basically like essentially a giant marble, but the way they, they did all the art and all that, it looked like a little like a little earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just, I don't know. Like, I was like, ah, you know, but now I'm kind of like, man, I should have just done it, you know. So, I mean, I've, I've saved up, so I hope they're back this year. That way I could talk to them because, oh, man, they're like – that again, you know, I'm at a comic book convention and it's nice and exciting to see that, you know, to be like, oh, that's not something I would have normally picked up, but somebody made something. So that's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, talking about the voice actors and the uh, the comic book creators and the authors and stuff that are going to be the, the con, these are huge gets, but the we can't kid ourselves. The, the big gets, the ones that are going to attract the most people, those panels are going to be these, uh, the huge TV, TV and oh, film yeah. stars, right? Yes. So just to, to go through a few that are going to be there and, talk, and stop me if you want to talk about any of them is a, Amy Joe Johnson. Let's just go there. <laughs> Amy Joe Johnson. Pink Ranger, the original Pink Ranger. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. The original Pink Ranger from, from our childhood. Um, Paul Rubens, yep. you know, Pee Wee Herman, Pee-wee Herman. Uh, Ray Park, Ray Park, yep. Darth Maul, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, that that crazy I son mean, of a Jeff bitch. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna he has a brand new Disney Plus TV show that's gonna be coming out here pretty soon. Jeff Goldblum explains the world, or the, I'm sorry, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Like, I I can't wait to talk to him about that. Like, or. He, hopefully that he talks to us about that in his panel kind of thing. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I, I scored an interview with him or anything. Uh, Robin Lloyd Toy- Taylor, if you're watching Gotham right now, he plays the penguin. Um, you got a, you got a bunch of, or at least you got four Star Trek, um, some classic actors, from actors the original yeah, series, yeah. three, three from the original series. You got George Takei, N- Nichelle Nichols, Walter Koenig, um, and then Garrett Wang from the Star Trek, uh, Voyager. You have Summer Glau is going to be showing up. I mean, if you're a nerd and you, you know who Summer Glau is, she's she was in Firefly. She was in Sarah Connor Chronicles. She's in uh, Arrow. All those great things. Uh, also from Arrow, John Barrowman, who's also from Doctor Who, which uh, you got Catherine Tate, who played Donna Noble in Doctor Who, is going to be there. Well, and then if we go to some of the, some of the other, the past one that I thought was interesting, Elijah Wood, Elijah yeah. Wood is going to be there. Uh, like uh, Elijah Wood, that's going to be awesome. Like Mr. Frodo himself. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a big guy, and uh, you know, but at the same time he seems very down to earth. So it's like I hope very to, down to earth, I hope yeah. to take a picture with him that becomes meme worthy something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Neville Longbottom. If you're a Harry Potter fan, that's that's probably a really big get. I mean, that's yeah. He he, he even he he coined a phrase. He's, the dude was you know 
average looking kid and then happened to become very good looking throughout growing up and hitting puberty and it, it, it became calling being called uh long bottoming you know kind of thing right. that's just uh that's how you become a meme folks you become really good looking uh ian Ziering, like already was famous from 90210 then went on to make all those uh sharknado movies and became like infamous <laughs> essentially you know Billy D. Williams, the I original Two Face, not the yeah. <laughs> I mean, Actually, the original he, Harvey. I, no, I yeah. think he's the yeah. He'd be the first person to play Harvey Dent. Yeah, on on screen. So yeah, I guess he did that Lando. I think guy. yeah. Most people are gonna know him as Lando, and now we know that he's gonna be in <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, the Rise of Skywalker. You gotta yeah. get that that the yeah. You got the. to get that right, but. You know, Lando coming back to Star Wars. I'm sure there's gonna be lots of fans talking to him about that. Oh yeah. Uh, Chris Sarandon, I think this is amazing. Like, this is the voice of Jack Skellington. This is uh, Humperdinck, uh, you know, Prince Humperdinck. This is um, uh, Fright Night. If you watched the original Fright Night <laughs> from the 80s, it's that's crazy. I, I, I loved that movie. That's a, that's a crazy movie. Um, and then, right now, what's huge right now? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is back. So now we have Nicholas Costerwaldo. Like, he plays Jamie Lannister on, on Game of Thrones. Wow. It's he's actually one of my my favorite movies of all time it's called wimbledon like it's 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 i don't know why it's just <laughs> john favreau and um uh oh man voice of the voice of vision or oh. please vision voice of jarvis paul bettany, paul bettany thank yes. you yes paul bettany was in that movie so i i would love to ask him a question about that because i'm sure game of thrones are going to be on everybody's mind but uh that would be cool so, uh, was there any of these uh, that you're super excited about uh, hearing talk at a panel, Richard? Oh, I mean, yeah, everybody you just said. I mean, <laughs> how can you not be? I mean, these are like, you know, basically household names at this point. You know, I, I, there's, yeah, it's really incredible who all is coming to this. And I mean, just listening to the names you, that you guys were talking about a minute ago, it's like, goodness gracious, like, this is insane. Like, this is absolutely insane that this is happening and it's happening here in Phoenix and not at, like, you know, some ginormous convention. But I, I think it goes back to, like, what you were saying earlier about, like, this is the proof and the pudding of how much the Phoenix fan fusion has really expanded and, right. uh, you know, how it's really found its place and it's become a, a convention that really should be on your list of con yearly conventions to go to you know what i mean like it, it really has gotten to be that level and and i mean you just listen to the the list you guys read off and that's not even everybody that's not even no, all of them you don't even have time yeah. to get to all of them <laughs> and that and and, and so. downtown phoenix is so accommodating too like the the area you know going out to eat going out to or having a place to stay it's all so great to be the right nightlife. there yeah <laughs> the nightlife is great that's you know we're gonna probably end up talking on a different podcast about just the different events that you can go to while there the different panels mm -hmm. that are not not uh, uh celebrity or fan panels stuff like the spotlight panels like this but let me ask you this richard you had the opportunity to go up in jeff goldblum's panel Go up to the microphone, and you get to ask him one question about one movie. What What are you gonna? What movie would you want to talk to him about? Oh, God! Why does it have to be just? Why you ask all the hard questions? That's man. what I'm here for. I ask the hard questions. <laughs> That's the question you should oh. ask Jess Goldblum. Like, what would you ask yourself? <laughs> Ooh, that would right. be a great fucking <laughs> question. I would love to hear where good. his mind would go with that. Below you, mind. Goldblum, the Goldblum. Yep. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I, I am a huge fan of uh, of Wes Anderson, and and I think if I was going to ask him anything, I would just kind of ask him about you know that whole experience of like working with him, and you know, kind of what that's like for him personally. You know what I mean? Because it's something he's done, uh, I think, a number of times now, actually. And so, I mean, obviously, there's some sort of of joy that you get out of working with these specific creatives, and so. I would just be interested to know like how the two of them like interacted on like mm. a creative level, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I mean like both of them just have these unbelievable like brains that are just, they seemingly are so different than every other, you know, person or, or the bulk majority of people that exist. So it'd be really curious to hear his, his, you know, like feedback or to hear him talk about, you know, his creative processes in terms of, of working with Wes Anderson specifically. And, and I think that'd be really fascinating. Yeah. You know, I would love to also ask him about, uh, you know, back in 1993, 92, whatever, when he was making Jurassic Park with Spielberg, like working with those animatronic dinosaurs, if he knew, you know, if he had a feeling where, how did he feel working with the animatronic dinosaurs for one? And then knew that this was going to be such a cultural, iconic point in phenomenon in yeah. film history yeah that was gonna you know essentially change change the course of how to make those type of movies so uh i would love to, to hear stories about jurassic park which chris pratt yeah. does he like jurassic park pratt or guardian <laughs> pratt you know <laughs> uh that how does he fair. feel about being a lego toy you know that's yeah. kind of fun yeah. I'm, I'm sure he, he loves being a lego toy who doesn't <laughs> what, what about you uh chris if you uh had the opportunity to ask elijah wood just one question about one of his films which one would oh, you want to talk man, to him that's about? tough because I have brain damage, so I can't think of things on the spot. So I guess just honestly, like I, uh, not that I was a major fan of it, but you've got to admit that was a huge milestone in cinema. Uh, uh, definitely noteworthy. The Lord of the Rings, like how did he feel like? I mean, what's the camaraderie like with everybody? Do mm-hmm. they still talk occasionally? Do they still, you know, like do they meet up? You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, they spent years together. So I mean, it's like, yeah, what do you guys like? Do you still talk? Do you still meet with each other? You know, and then just maybe ask him like the process of him as an actor, like what, like because he he's all over the scope. Like he does some great stuff. He does dramas. He does comedies. He's outlandish and all that stuff. So it's like, what what turns you on when a script comes your way? You know, mm-hmm. like what do you do? What do you say yes to versus what do you say no to? Stuff like that. I think that'd be fun to ask him about. Uh, all right. Was it, is there any any anything else in particular that either one of you are super excited about uh, seeing or, or talking to or, or doing while you're there at, at Phoenix Fan Fusion this year? I guess honestly, what I'm looking forward to is um, I can't wait to hit Artist Alley. Like I can't wait to walk down there and just see what all the local artists put up, what the local vendors put up, because that's where it's really at. Like I, I you know, like I said two years ago, I met Tony commissioned him to do that you know i got that secret wars cover with two cyclopses fighting each other the convergence cover with two green with two hal jordans fighting each other and that was exciting so i mean that's what i i look forward to is just getting to walk around there meeting all the new and upcoming people and people that just have the same joy and passion we do but they're crazy more talented than i am <laughs> richard uh yeah i mean I, I i think this is maybe like the fourth time i've said it just you know getting to hang out with you guys and and spend time with you and then of course getting to run into some of the you know geek elite media listeners and uh you know all the cosplayers and things like that that we're gonna talk to and uh 
you know, it, it just, I, I can't say it enough. It's just unbelievable how much the, the Phoenix fan fusion has, has grown and, and how much of an identity it's started to establish all of its own. And, uh, you know, the good thing is it's in May, so hopefully it's not 150 already outside. <laughs> it boils your flesh from your bones as soon as you step outside. But, you know, I have, I have a lot of like respect for, um, for cosplayers specifically because I, I, I feel like a lot of people, uh, I, I don't know, I, I think it's gained a lot of momentum, right? But I, I still feel like there's a lot of people that kind of look down on it in a sense uh, of like it being childish or silly. But to me, I've always had a lot of, of deep respect for, for them as a, as a geek community because quite frankly, the amount of sheer skill and talent that is involved in a lot of what these people create for their costumes and, and how unbelievably they are able to capture the the most nuanced detailed of, of the characters that they're you know portraying um i mean that's that's artistic in and of itself you know what i mean like it, it's absolutely takes a, an unbelievable amount of time to to build out these elaborate costumes and you know uh, the other side of that coin too is a lot of these costumes are designed for characters that don't exist in real world gravity or physics that's so true, you know, yeah overcoming those challenges and and you know doing those things are are remarkably uh innovative and artistic to me and i always find a lot of enjoyment out of seeing how creative people get in in bringing those characters uh into a physical representation and so that's another thing that uh i'm, I'm definitely really looking forward to yeah uh yeah i think you said it best i i, I can't wait to to meet new people that are into the same thing as I am and, and hopefully get to meet some more, uh, some of our audience members, like the people that listen to us and follow us and, and interact with us online that, uh, uh, otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to so it's just going to be uh, an all-around good time um but well, let me tell something real quick okay so i finally found it i had to search and uh, so tony amato is the gentleman's name he's uh, an artist um i think in, on the instagrams i'm not I'm, I'm foreign to that stuff uh but anyways you can usually find him as tony amato a-m-a-t-o or on his uh usually his 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 work name signature name is Amatoisms, A-M-A-T-O-I-S-M-S. Fantastic artist, great to work with, just a gentleman. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure, you know, because he did. Like, he was, that was, like, the first time where I actually had something commissioned. And so that meant a lot to me. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'd love to hear what you're excited about for Phoenix Fan Fusion. So uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris is also on Twitter as uh, stuff I should say shoulds being should being spelled as a Judy and Richards can be found on Twitter at uh, at right Cohen R-I-C-O-W-N and you also have your Twitch channel yeah it's a uh, twitch.tv slash right Cohen and the number one it's R-I-C-O-W-N and the number one at the end of that and if uh you would like to get a hold of just Geek Elite Media in general it's at Geek Elite Media on Instagram at Geek Elite Media on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of our podcast on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until Fan Fusion, we have to say, always remember to geek out. geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep. 
Hi, this is Steven from Geek Elite Media, and I want to tell you about Cuts by Candice, a hairstylist that'll work with you to get just the right look. After growing my hair out for years and years, Candice was the only stylist I trusted to cut my luscious locks. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of April 2019, and you'll get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram, and start looking the best you, you can.